So Ahaziah, the son of Jehoram, king of Judah, reigned. Ahaziah was 42 years old when he became king, and he reigned one year in Jerusalem. His mother's name was Athaliah, the granddaughter of Amri. He also walked in the ways of the house of Ahab, for his mother advised him to do wickedly. Therefore he did evil in the sight of the Lord, like the house of Ahab, for they were his counselors after the death of his father, to his destruction. He also followed their advice, and went with Jehoram, the son of Ahab, king of Israel, to war against Hazael, king of Syria, at Ramoth-Gilead. And the Syrians wounded Joram. Then he returned to Jezreel to recover from the wounds which he had received at Ramah, when he fought against Hazael, king of Syria. And Azariah, the son of Jehoram, king of Judah, went down to see Jehoram, the son of Ahab, in Jezreel, because he was sick. His going to Joram was God's occasion for Ahaziah's downfall. For when he arrived, he went out with Jehoram against Jehu, the son of Nimshai, whom the Lord had anointed to cut off the house of Ahab. And it happened when Jehu was executing judgment on the house of Ahab, and found the princes of Judah and the sons of Ahaziah's brothers who served Ahaziah, that he killed them. Then he searched for Ahaziah, and they caught him. He was hiding in Samaria, and brought him to Jehu. When they had killed him, they buried him. Because he is the son of Jehoshaphat, who sought the Lord with all his heart. So the house of Ahaziah had no one to assume power over the kingdom. Now, when Athaliah, the mother of Ahaziah, saw that her son was dead, she arose and destroyed all the royal heirs of the house of Judah. But Jehoshabiath, the daughter of the king, took Joash, the son of Ahaziah, and stole him away from among the king's sons who were being murdered, and put him and his nurse in a bedroom. So Jehoshabiath, the daughter of King Jehoram, the wife of Jehoiada, the priest, for she was the sister of Ahaziah, hid him from Athaliah, so that she did not kill him. And he was hidden with them in the house of God for six years, while Athaliah reigned over the land. One of the ways, probably one of the most important ways we will reach 30,000 and then whatever amount God gives to us is through being holy. Because, see, when, when you make a decision to live a holy life, then you are more like God at that moment or those moments than at any other time. He's a holy God, and he told us, to be holy because I'm holy. And the story in 2 Chronicles 22 that you just heard and watched gives us a real good clue on how to be holy because a lot of Christians struggle with this. How to, 
how to be holy. How can I be holy? I, I see a lot of people that don't do this or they don't. But how can I be holy? And, and, and the clue that's in that very last verse, verse 12, tells us about how the priesthood was, was handled by Hezekiah and how they were handling the distribution. And, and, and he, he gave us a great clue there. And the clue was that in their faithfulness, the Bible said, in their faithfulness is where they found themselves in the holiness that God required and looked for. And, and it kind of serves as like a guarantee. And it's not a trick. It's not something that you try. It's not like a diet. You don't try it to see it works. It's kind of one of them biblical principles. It's a promise. If you're going to be holy, if you're going to be faithful, and the Bible says it doesn't even have to be big things, but if, you're, if you are faithful in the small little things, the things that you don't even consider ministry or, or things that even matters to God, if you nail that, whatever it is, if you do everything is unto the Lord and you are faithful to it, you'll find yourself being in a holy place in the eyes of God. And, and you see, this is where we want to strive. I don't want to be a good person. The Bible says there is none good. No, not one. But he says you can be a holy people. And, and, and we do this because this is the standard God has set. It's not like just a suggestion, but it's a standard. Before you can go into any type of, uh, uh, as I say, military, if you, before you can go into any of the branches of the military, there's a standard that has to be met. There's a standard at certain jobs, maybe where you are. There's a standard in place. And, it, and, and it, what it does, it weeds out everybody that doesn't meet that standard because over time that job has proven that this is what it's going to require for this job to be satisfied and taken care of. It's called a, so a standard is put in place. And God's standard to do things that God needs done is, is just by being faithful in many, many cases. And that's why you can't find a lot of holy people because you can't find a lot of faithful people. And a lot of, a, a lot of you feel the same way I do. Well, God... I can't be holy. And see, we go about it the wrong way. We're trying to be holy while we stumble over faithfulness. And you can live holy. You can live holy. And one of the greatest ways of living holy and getting to the holiness that God's looking for is by being faithful. What do I need to be faithful? There's all kinds of things. The Bible tells us in the Second chapter of Chronicles, chapter 31, verse 18, it says, For in their faithfulness, this was the story that we just got through talking about a while ago, in their faithfulness, they sanctified themselves in holiness. In their faithfulness. And when Hezekiah was giving out all the instructions, he was talking, a lot of you that were here during the tabernacle when we had all that set up right there in the middle of the floor, I, I talked about this quite a few times. Hezekiah was trying to give the priest and the priesthood some great instructions on how we're going to handle these things. 
but he was also reminding them that their faithfulness is how they satisfied the requirement because in the tabernacle, if you remember that if you walked in as a priest, if you walked into the tabernacle and you were not holy, set apart, if, if, if you were not holy, consecrated to the Lord, the power of God would, would just destroy you because he's a holy God. And when you do holy things for God and you touch holy things, then God says, it's the standard because it, it does. It just gets rid of all the, the people that their heart's really not where it needs to be to do this. You, you can do things in the world like this, but when you do things that matter to God, and this is why Hezekiah made sure that the priesthood knew. Look, Jack, if any of you need it in Siamese, Jack, if, if you are not holy and you walk into that, Holy of holies, you go beyond that veil. The presence and the power of God by itself will destroy you. So these men were from all of the tribe. Provisions were made. This is why we talk about tithe a lot where he says in Malachi 3.10, bring all the tithe into the storehouse so there can be meat there. And see, this goes all the way back to Old Testament times because the priesthood could not be sold out or distracted or caught up in anything but the things of God because if they were not faithful in the things of God, they would not be holy to God and it would cost them their lives. And see, the holiness of God has not gone anywhere, folks. God still demands it. He still requires it. And he knows that it's possible if we just live in faithfulness. What, what, what's some of the things? Give me some ideas. Well, some of the things is I, I just got to be faithful in my prayer life. I, I mean, I pray over my food sometimes. I pray when I'm in a, a bind or I pray when I have a need. But prayer does not really define me if I'm honest with myself and with the Holy Ghost. Prayer does not really define... I'm talking about separated time of prayer. It, it, it doesn't define me. And I need to be a little more faithful. Well, I need to be a lot more faithful. And if I'm faithful in prayer, then you know what? You might just think, well, I thank God that I'm, I'm praying more. But what man can't see and what you can't see is an all-seeing God looking at you and he sees somebody that's really, really warming up to his holiness. Somebody that likes the things. And you know what the Bible said about David? The Bible said that David had a heart that was after God. He was a man after God's own heart. And see, when, when you make faithful choices, I'm going to pray more. I'm going to read more. I'm really going to be very, very mindful of that scripture that I talked about in the hallway to a group this morning, Hebrews 10, 25. I see the day approaching. I can't forsake the assembling of myself. I, I'm not clueless to what day I'm living in. And so I need to be more faithful in life groups. I need to be more faithful in praying for the community, praying for these 30,000. We're just talking about prayer right now, folks. I'm not talking about giving a limb. We're talking about prayer. And when you decide and you make up your mind, I can be faithful in prayer. 
I can be faithful in giving. I can be faithful in, in my attendance, in my worship. Then God steps back. And you've already done what he said happens with his standard. You've separated yourself from a vast majority of the people that call themselves Christians that attend churches worldwide every week. Just in your faithfulness. In their faithfulness, they sanctified themselves in the holy requirement of God. See, God loves faithfulness, church, because you know what? You love faithfulness. Don't you love the fact that you can read your Bible and it can give you a promise that he has begun a good work in you. He will be faithful to complete it. He's not going to drop you halfway because you mess up or you leave him beside the road or you just really made a failure that you, you wish you had a mulligan. See, he's a faithful God. And he's going to do what he said he's going to do. He's going to finish what he started because his standard is faithfulness. And he knows if you live faithful, then you live holy. And it's very easy to do that. And see, the faithfulness is exactly what the priesthood had to carry out the holy requirement that was inside the temple. It wasn't going and memorizing the Septuagint or... Are, are, are knowing Aramaic like the back of their hand, although they spoke that language, I know that. But the thing that God required for them to be faithful in their service to the Lord, and God would see that as holiness, and they would satisfy. So what God wants me to kind of cliff notes this thing for a minute is to tell you and me if we would just hone in on our faithfulness maybe a little more, if we could just get our faithfulness down, Pat, in every area and, and be like the early priests and the Levites, how they just made sure that they took care of the things of God and God provided the things that they needed. That's what he does for us. If we do that, then we don't have time to do unholy things because we're caught up in doing faithful things to God and, and we work on this together as a body and yet as individuals, we work on this, then God says, okay, y'all have been working on this, so the next time you walk in Multitude's church, you've satisfied the holy requirement by all of you being faithful this week, handing out act of kindness cards, praying over people, helping people, reading, taking your time with me. So when all of you come together, man, I love that stuff. I'm just going to be there in the midst of you, and I'm going to give all of you a blessing you didn't even ask me for. All because I decided to be faithful. Sounds too good to be true, doesn't it? It sounds too easy that we make it hard, doesn't it? Just by being, but you read it for yourselves. And God's talking to you right now. And there's another area that this is a, an age, and a lot of you that are over 40 years of age, you will be able to tell what I'm talking about. There's an age that has passed us for the most part. I didn't say entirely, completely, for the most part. And that is people being faithful into what this aunt did for Joash in the Bible story. You see, she didn't worry about anything but saving that poor child's life and protecting what God was going to do through her nephew. And so she went, 
She didn't get caught up in what may be going on in the community or the society around. She knew that she had a job of faithfulness that God had called her to. If nobody else, her brother was dead, so he wasn't here to do it. The child's mother apparently was gone, and she was the only one left to save this child from the death of his grandmother. So she took it upon herself to be faithful and hide that child. And and I love where she decided to hide this child in the house of God. And that's what's missing in this world we live in today. Parents, they, they prioritize everything in the order of faithfulness in their children's life and in their family life. And they do not see the benefit of being faithful, of assembling together, raising your child in the, in the nurture and the admonition of and raising your family and steering your family. And when you do that, when you kind of put that way down the list somewhere else, you're pushing it all into hell. And it might not be the death of a grandma that comes upon your child, but there will be a death of sin in some point because you cannot forsake being faithful to God concerning your family and it not cost you something. And you can give me schedules, you can tell me demands, and all of those things are from hell, church. You've got a duty if you are a parent or a caregiver or a grandparent or whatever. I'm just specifically talking about family right now. Because we've got to get that back in the house of God and in the family of God. And we've got to realize that it comes at a cost. You may get a lot of likes on Facebook because your son or your daughter or whatever. And that's all right to give them props and give them recognition and build their self-esteem. So they keep on keeping on. But there is nothing... And you say that word with me. Nothing worth not prioritizing the faithfulness of God in your child's life by steering them and rearing them what thus saith the Lord and keeping them in the house of God while you can. Nothing. There's nothing. They have a lot better chance, I've preached this stuff before, of getting the scholarship that you spent 48 thousand dollars on in weekend mess they've got a lot better chance of getting the scholarship if you're faithful to God and God's kind of helping out with that then you depending on a coach that lives four hours from here helping you I know this ain't good preaching right now but I'm telling you the truth right out of these pages right here That child was spared and raised up to be a great God-fearing king because somebody was faithful in his life. If they hadn't, he'd have been dead like everybody else. So we've got to get that back. If you're under 40, and I know I've got a grandchild now, and that's why this story is really important to me because I want to do everything to see Beckham live and grow up to be whatever he does in life. I want him to have so much God in him that God is calling the shots and directing his and not foolishness in this world that people are deceived by. So I want to be the opposite grandparent. I do. I don't want to be the one that kills my child because, and see, that's, that, I, that, this is so relevant, it's not even funny. So many people do that because they're living through their children and grandchildren. Don't amen that. Don't amen that. Please don't amen that part. I'll take the fall for that, okay? And you can even say, Opie said. And I'm telling you, there's a cost with this. There's a cost with it. But when you are faithful 
as a parent or a caregiver, here we go again. God looks at you as a holy person. You are sanctifying your family in the holiness of God. You are sanctifying your marriage in the holiness of God. You are sanctifying your children and the way they're going to grow up in the holiness of God. And it never ever will get any better than that. Never. There's a few scriptures I want to share with you. 1 Peter 1.15 that just, just makes it very blunt. But as he who has called you. Well, y'all say this with me. I have been called. You haven't been called just to be a Christian. That's just a qualification to start you once you're called. Every person in this room is gifted for a thing or something so you can glorify God. You're going to hear more about that later on. But as he who has called you is holy, you also... Be holy in all your conduct. That means everything outside of the church. When you are surrounded by sinners, you're to be holy in that. Bible goes back in the 7th chapter of Deuteronomy and says this. For you are a holy people to the Lord your God. And... Your God has chosen you to be a people for himself. You don't live for the world. You don't live for what Facebook can do for you. You don't live. And I know we, we, we all over this platform, Google, we spend money on all this stuff to reach the lost. But we don't, it doesn't define who we are. People, Jesus needs to define who you are. Be faithful to the Lord and let the holiness of God define who you are. You'll have a million likes in heaven and you'll have the eyes of God seeing you as holy. He's chosen you to be a holy people for himself. Nobody else but for himself. You are a special treasure. I'm talking in, I'm speaking into you this morning the wonderful words of God. He's chosen you to be a special treasure. Angie, you're a special treasure. Above all, the people of the face of the earth. I called her name, but I'm, I could call all of his name. Listen to me. You are a treasure in the eyes of God. God sees you that way. God knows you're that way. You've just got to make sure everybody else understands what you are. And you don't have to tell them with your mouth. You just tell them in being faithful. And watch what God does to you. Watch what God does for you. Watch what God can do through you. Because he's done it all for himself. He just decided to include you in on it, let you enjoy it. And you are his treasure. You may be trash to everybody else around you. You may not be of value to no other person, but in the eyes of your creator and your maker and the one that's going to look at you one day when you cross over, this is what you are to him right now, way before heaven, way before a glorified body. You are his treasure. That means when he said his, that meant personal. That showed possession, personal possession. You 
are his treasure. You're, not, you're the devil's trash when you're playing his game. But when you live for God and you love for God and you let God use you, you're faithful to God. God sees you as a treasure. You're not trash. And that's how God wants you to be used as his treasure to make everybody else feel like they're a treasure. I read in my devotion yesterday, and I had to share it today. I, I, I want to call it, it's diamonds in the rough, but I call it the road less traveled because a lot of you know about that Robert Frost poem. The road less traveled is the one that we need to try to get on. I like to call it in a spiritual sense, the straight and narrow way. Bible tells us, in fact, you have the scripture right here in Isaiah 38, 35, and 8. It says, a highway shall be there. It's kind of going into my devotion here. A highway shall be there, and a road. A highway, a road, and it shall be called the highway of holiness. Now listen closely. The unclean shall not pass over it, but it shall be for others. Whoever walks the road, even though or although they are a fool, shall not go astray. So there's hope for even a fool that decides, hallelujah, thank you, Holy Ghost, the last minute of his life, he hung beside Jesus, sentenced a death he would die. He played the fool's game his whole life, apparently. That's what got him to a cross beside Jesus. And though he was a fool, the last minute of his life, he said, Lord, Will you remember me? He was repenting. That's repenting. Will you remember me when you enter into your kingdom? And Jesus said these words. You got to hear these words, folks. Today, hallelujah, today you will be with me in paradise. Now here, let me be real, okay? They're not going to like you. You're going to get talked about. Read John 16, 33. You're going to have tribulation, guaranteed. You're going to be a fool for Christ's sake. <laughs> You're going to be labeled. You're going to experience loneliness. You're going to feel like, well, God, I don't even know if you're real. Because why? You're going to go through all those things when you decide, as for me, my house, I'm just going to get on the holiness road. And that's going to mean I've got to be faithful. Because that's how I get on it. I've got to be faithful. It's not going to be fun or funny. But it's going to be very obedient. And everybody in here, if we are all honest, we can find most of the time legitimate reasons why we can't be it 
things that pertain to God, including church. We can find it. And this is why it's hard. And this is why there's not a lot of holiness anymore. See, when I was growing up like a lot of you, holiness pretty much was limited to a clothesline. You know, if you looked at you were holy, not in the Bible, not in the Holy Bible, King James Version or New King James Version, you get too far outside of that sphere, starts getting a little rocky sometimes. And I'm not even going there. But when you get on the holy highway, when you get on the faithful highway, you're going to make hell mad. Your, your flesh is going to give you the biggest fight. So I'm just trying to tell you this because some of you may be hungry and realize, or maybe all of us, I need to turn my vehicle right now and I need to get on that road. I need to get on that highway. And I say, I, I'm going to do that by my faithfulness. I'm going to be faithful. And my flesh is going to argue with me. My flesh is going to tell me. The devil's going to tell me all this stuff. People say this about me. People label me. They remember me from last year, last month. Ten years ago. You see, you got to deal with all this stuff because this is what he uses, the fiery darts, to keep you off of the highway of holiness, to keep you unfaithful to God but faithful to everything else in the world that's not going to produce holiness. Are y'all hearing me this morning? Are you? I want to read you this. It's called Diamonds in the Dust. And this is out of my Billy Graham devotional yesterday. God says, share it. I'm sharing it. Blessed is the man who fears the Lord, who delights greatly in his commandments. We Christians should stand out like sparkling diamonds against the dark velvet background. We should be more wholesome than anyone else. We should be poised, cultured, courteous, gracious, but firm in the things we do or do not do. We should laugh and be radiant. We, but we should refuse to allow the unbelieving world to pull us down to its level. We are in the world, not of the world. You know that. Christ meant for his followers to be different. And if they are truly following him, they will be. Man, that just, that just, I'm glad Billy Graham's devotional said that because that right there, that the, the, the word is a sword and it cut. That's a cutting thing right there. If they're truly following him, they will be different. But merely being different is not enough. We are to be the cleanest. This is why you have this, this next part. The most holy, the kindest, the most unselfish, the friendliest, the most courteous, the most industrious, the most, the truest, and the most loving people on the earth. We are. Next slide. The Bible says those who are wise will shine like the brightness of the heavens. That's what wise people, that's what wisdom looks like. And those who lead many to righteousness, that's what our 30,000 launch is all about. And they shall shine like the stars forever and ever. This is not a phase. We're going, this is not a one-shot LOL, and then we're packing it up for seven years. Forever and ever. This is what Daniel said in the 12th chapter, third verse. 
Dr. Albert Schweitzer, the great missionary doctor and statesman, once said, to be glad instruments of God's love in this imperfect world is the service to which man is called. And hope for today says it like this. So many people are afraid to be different. And yet different is exactly what this world needs from us. Do you want to see change? Be different. And that's what Multitudes Church is all about. I want us to pack as many people as we can in here. But in our packing, we're going we're gonna to get so many people that will never fit in this building. And you need to know that. And you also need to know we have a new goal and focus. And that is to reach lost people, period. And we're going to do that by being faithful to that mandate. And that privilege given to this church by God to reach 30,000 people. We're going to do that by loving on them, by praying for them, by leading them, by launching them. And we're going to accomplish that by being faithful to God. Because the holy people are the people that he anoints. The holy people are the people he can trust with his blessing. The holy people are the people that God can allow prosperity to hit them in every form and fashion. And how do I do that, Opie? In closing, you do it like this. You do it by doing what David had to do. We called this sanctification growing up. And it's still exactly what it was thousands of years ago. See, what David did when they were preparing the temple, I needed you to listen to this because this may be the most important thing you hear today. Because this is one of them things that's going to hurt. It's going to hurt before it feels better. The temple of God, the service of God, the worship of God required instruments and it required all types of vessels and utensils. And what David did and then his son would do it later on. And, and people that are serious about God and gets this are doing it even today. Everything that was going to be used for God was taken and it was sanctified to God. That means it was pulled and placed. That's what me and you have to do. It was, it was formed. It was pulled off of the shelf where it had been made, and it was placed inside of the house of God. And it was set apart when it went into the house of God, meaning this. That has been created, that has been made, and that has been dedicated to God and His worship and His service and nothing else, ever. So it was set apart. It was sanctified to God, only God. This is where your faithfulness has to align up with God's requirement and God's standard. You've got to learn, if I will be faithful, if I will, starting today, set myself apart in faithfulness to God, God will use me for His glory. God will use me and anoint me for his service. But I've got to do a hard thing. I've got to pull myself 
And that's where your battle's going to come in. Because you live in a world where the prince of this world is trying to dignify and glorify everything that's labeled sin. He's trying to change the things that should be for the glory of God and using it for the glory of himself in hell. And, and when you pull yourself starting today and say, God, from this day forward, I pull myself. I'm going to be faithful to you. I may not like life groups. I may not like praise and worship. I may not like Opie's preaching. I may not even like events. I may not like all the ministries that we have done, do, and are about to start doing most again, if not all. I may not like that, but I'm going to be faithful because you require holiness. And I can't be holy if I can't be faithful. I need you to stand, if you will. Everybody that's able, out of the honor to the Word of God. Joe, I don't know if we can do this, and I'm sorry for not doing this ahead of time, but I, I wish you could just come play, or y'all could holy, holy, holy is the Lord. The elders and angels bow. The redeemed worship you now. Holy, holy, holy is the Lord. Every person in this place, it's time. Today is the day of salvation. That's the scripture. And I want to also say, today can be the day of separation. Today can be the day of sanctification. Today can be the day of unreserved faithfulness to God. You see, I told you at the beginning of this service that God said, if you are faithful in the small things, I will make you ruler over the larger things. Everyone bow your head if you would. And I'm going to ask you, Do you want to be faithful? If you want to be faithful, and price tag doesn't mean anything to you. You want to be faithful so you can be holy. Because that's what God's looking for. He's looking for holiness. Without holiness, He tells us no man will see the Lord. Any and every person, you don't care anymore you are ready because you know we fight a great war out there I'm going to ask you to join me at this altar right now I, I, I'm just ready to commit to faithfulness Opie. I'm ready to commit to faithfulness I didn't ask you to come because you want to be holy you can't be holy and not be faithful it's impossible you ready I'm ready to separate me. Let me tell you, this decision you are making today may win your circle. You may not even have to tell anybody about the Bible or the cross or any, just by what people are witnessing taking place in your life. And you read the devotional, all those things. In fact, I don't know, Derek, if we could put that last part up there about being courteous, industrious. See, God's not wanting us to withdraw. 
He says, no, 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 no. Oh, we got to be in the world. Oh, yeah. That's where the fish are. We got to be in the world, folks. We got to be in the world. All those things. We got to be the cleanest people. We got to be the kindest people. We got to be the friendliest people. Every one of you in this place ought to qualify to be able to work at Chick-fil-A when they get over. You ought to be my pleasure people. I'm telling you, this is what the world's looking for. It's looking for the real deal. It's looking for people that are legit. This is why when Jesus, without any prepaid ads, when he walked the land that the masses followed him, I know he fed them. I know he healed them. I know he helped them. But they, they said things, the world said this. He, he don't speak like the preachers. He speaks as one with authority. See, they knew they had found the original. That's what God's looking for. He's looking for you to be the original, the real Jesus. Hallelujah. It'll get done. You watch them. You watch people say, how's multitudes touching all them people? I'm just faithful. Decided to be faithful. I'm faithful, and God's doing it. Hallelujah. If you're not a believer, you can just fall in here with us. And this is all we do. We just say, Jesus, I, it's the 11th hour. I'm, the, I'm that thief. I've, I've been the fool my whole life, but now I'm not stepping over this. Forgive me. Forgive me. Hallelujah. I don't even know if you have those lyrics, Derek. Very 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 simple words they just say holy 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 are you Lord holy 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 are you Lord hallelujah I want you just to worship while you worshiping God with this let this be a proclamation that you're going to be faithful You're going to be faithful by singing to His holiness. standing in front of him. Now, 
I just want us to turn it into a praise party for a minute, okay? So will you let everybody in the congregation now sing, Holy, Holy, Holy. again. Come on, man. We got a full band right now. We need to raise the roof. You, you're not standing in this church. You're in front of the throne of God. Sing it to Him. Holy, holy. for everybody that, that's faithful Wednesday night but, but he wanted me to just tell you he's got an altar prize he's got an altar prize we gotta hey we gotta crank this thing up y'all it's serious you watch hey you don't have to believe me you can dis, disregard the Bible if, if you cut from that mold you just watch your newspaper you, you watch your TV we can't make all this stuff up He's on his way back. The bride hath made herself ready. He's told us what it's going to look like. He told us what the church would look like. He told us what we need to be doing. And he said, in the last day, by the way, I'd pour my spirit out on you. We don't, you don't need anything. We don't need Braille, church. The Word has made it clear. I want to tell you, I know you got this meeting. And I, I, I got to get out of the way, and the praise team's got practice. 
And I'm being very sensitive when I say this because this is a, a closing prayer, a different prayer today. But last night, I had to, I had to go to a very, very unfortunate situation. One of our very own people left this world. And I watched two grandchildren just broken, crying. Those of you, I know it's on Facebook, but, but, but Teresa Quick left this world sometime Friday. And, and uh, her granddaughter, Caitlin, that stays with her, actually found her and Janice went over and helped her and, and when I left I had to do because all of the the, the first responders that were there I had, I had to back my truck up and when, I remember this when I was back in to do a three point turn just to get out the Holy Ghost said this right here because and I'm not trying to bring any attention to me, so you need to rebuke that if that's trying to get in there on you right now. And it didn't bother me because 30 years, this goes with it. But I, I got home, I just, you know, small price. I, I just put my pajamas on, and then I received that call, and so I jumped in, and I, I ran over there, and... Uh, and this is what the Lord told me to share with you this morning. That if we're going to reach people from outside the pulpit and the four walls, you, you just got to you, you, you be inconvenienced. And I wasn't inconvenienced. That, that's my job. And I want you all to understand that. That's my job that I'm honored by God to be able to do that. But the Lord said, this is what it's going to look like. Your life's going to be all, it's going to be all crazy. You're going to have to really go the extra mile. And it's not for multitudes. And we got to get over that part right there. It's not for the establishment of this. It's to fulfill the calling of God on all of our lives and what He said that He desires. And that's that everybody have everlasting life. So he says, you got to prepare yourself. Your mind, and if you need to go home and read Romans 12 today, go do it. But your mind needs to go through another renewal process. Your mind needs to get in a place where your, it can tell your body what the deal is now. Okay?